Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, Pastor Eli James here, along with Dan from Georgia. And today we're going to conclude 1 Samuel and uh, hop right into 2 Samuel. But there's an interesting connection between the two. The death of Saul takes up the last two chapters of 1 Samuel and uh, it picks up on uh, the first chapter of 2 Samuel. So I don't know why they split it up right there, but they did. <laughs> All right. No rhyme or reason, but I guess maybe they decided Samuel was too long a book. The <laughs> same for the upcoming uh, books of uh, uh, the... Uh, Oh, the next two chapters, or four chapters, are uh, first, uh, uh, I'm sorry, I'm I'm, uh, losing my train of thought on what those uh, chapters are called, but they're uh, they're divided into two parts again, the next two. Anyway, so let's get into, well, before we actually get into the conclusion of 1 Samuel, we have an interesting article uh, talking about the fact that we have three different accounts of Saul's death and whether or not this constitutes a contradiction within Scripture. I put the uh, link in the chat room there. So go ahead. Take it away, Dan. Okay. Uh, here we go. Every person looking at the Scripture has a presupposition. It is impossible to look at the Scripture with a tabula rasa, clean slate approach. One thing to keep in check is that a Christian should always read the Bible with the presupposition that is true. The skeptic will normally read the Bible with the presupposition that it has errors and thus questions the Bible when it comes upon such texts as we have below. This is indeed unfortunate for them, for the only truth for for the only truth will set them free. John 8:32. So what is the truth here? To some people, the Bible speaks of three conflicting versions of Saul's death. However, this result from a misreading and or misapplication of certain portions of Scripture. The first, which reads in 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 12. He went and took the bones of Saul and his son Jonathan from the citizens of Jabesh Gilead. They had taken them secretly from the public square at Beth Shan, where the Philistines had hung them after they struck Saul down on Gilboa. Note okay. that here it appears as if the biblical text says Saul was killed by the Philistines, but below it states that Saul killed himself. First Samuel chapter 31 verse 4 states, said, Saul said to his armor bearer, draw your sword and run me through, or these uncircumcised fellows will come and run me through and abuse me. But his armor bearer was terrified and would not do it. So Saul took his own sword and fell on it. Uh. <laughs> yeah. It uh, raises the question is is suicide uh forbidden or not in scripture? It, we can recall Samson. Samson killed himself by pulling those yeah. pillars up, down upon himself. But in the process he killed a lot of Philistines. So mm-hmm. uh, apparently uh it's acceptable if you die if you commit suicide while in the act of killing Philistines, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> So it may not be totally forbidden. The scriptures say, thou shalt not kill, but that's usually understood to mean killing other people, right? So uh, I think that's open to debate, but back to you. I do too. I don't think it's uh, as cut and dry as we might think it is. It depends on the circumstance. Amen. Right. And and all of martyrs, all the Christian martyrs, that mm-hmm. uh, chose to die, you know, they, they could have fought. A lot of them did not fight back. Many of them could fu- could fight if they had chosen to. 
So, uh, well, but that's not suicide because they're, they're being killed by other people. So, yeah, it's a, I think that's open to debate. Uh, we'll get to, we'll do that maybe another time. <laughs> okay. That'd be a good topic for us. Yeah, a, it, a it, sure, it sure would. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Then we must not forget about Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 18 through 20, where an Amalekite states that he killed Saul. <clears throat> Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 6 through 10. I happened to be on Mount Gilboa, the young man said, and there was Saul leaning on his spear with the chariots and riders almost upon him. When he turned around and saw me, he called out to me, and I said, what can I do? He asked me, who are you? An Amalekite, I answered. Then he said to me, stand over me and kill me. I am in the throes of death, but I'm, I'm still alive. So I stood over him and killed him, because I knew that after he had fallen, he could not survive. And I took the crown that was on his head and the band on his arm and had brought them here to my Lord. Okay. So did Saul die by the hand of the Philistines, by suicide, or by an Amalekite? Okay. Well, maybe all three, right? (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. It's a complicated situation, but we'll get there. Okay. Let's look at 2 Samuel first. It seems to depict Saul as having been killed by the Philistines. However, to understand the context of 2 Samuel chapter 21, verse 12, we must look back to 1 Samuel chapter 31, which focuses on the fact that the Israelites and the Philistines were engaged in battle against one another. In actuality, the battle was not going well for Israel, 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 1. Their army was in retreat, and even King Saul himself was in severe trouble. 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 2 and 3. The Philistines had killed his sons, Jonathan, Abinadab, and Malki Shua, and Saul himself was critically wounded. Saul, knowing he was going to die and not desiring to fall into the hands of the enemy, asked his armor-bearer to kill him. 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 4. But his armor-bearer was afraid, and thus Saul fell upon his own sword. 1 Samuel chapter 31, verses 4 through 6. Then Saul's armor-bearer committed suicide. Well, there's another suicide. Okay, yeah. two aside in a row. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, if Saul committed suicide, how can the biblical text say that the Philistines killed Saul? Considering the context that, one, Israel was losing the battle to the Philistines— Two, Saul's sons had been killed by the Philistines. Three, Israel was in retreat from the Philistines. And four, Saul was critically wounded by the Philistines and thus would not have been able to escape and would have died. And five, the battle was still going when Saul had committed suicide. It would be proper to say that Saul fell in battle with the Philistines. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, okay. This is not unusual. In today's journalism, we use a similar type of language. When U.S. soldiers die in combat, a common report will be that so-and-so died in the war. But the parent of the soldier or someone more acquainted with the situation might say that he killed himself before being captured by the enemy to avoid torture. In many cases, we do not know how a soldier even dies in war, such as in the cases of some special forces types where it was just reported that they died in combat or in the line of duty with no further information as to where and by whom ever given to even the grieving family. 
Others are mistakenly or accidentally killed by their own troops. Friendly fire. But it is still reported that they died in combat. Right. The funniest, the funniest episode that I had in Vietnam was when one of the rear guard personnel, who's probably just a, a clerk, right? He, uh, he was sitting in the outhouse when a, a bomb blew off and he got injured, <laughs> but not really badly hurt. But he got injured while he was in the outhouse, and he got a Purple Heart for that. <laughs> right. <laughs> okay. Well, he, he was mortally, the... almost mortally wounded in combat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That would be the newspaper report. Yeah, <laughs> right. Okay. Please notice how careful the biblical text is when it says the Philistines killed Saul in Gilboa. Second Samuel chapter 21, verse 12. Note that the text does not say that Saul died at the hands of a Philistine. In other words, Saul died in a battle with the Philistines, plural. Right. This is, a, this is merely a way of stating that Saul died in battle without explaining the actual, the exact nature of his death. Right. Because it was in battle with the Philistines that Saul found himself dying and committed suicide while the battle raged on, it may be properly it may properly be reported that Saul died in battle with the Philistines. Keep in mind, if the battle had not taken place or he had been rescued from the chariots and riders being almost upon him, Saul would not have committed suicide. Note Second Samuel chapter twenty one, verse twelve states that Saul was hung, but it does not say that it is the way he died. First Samuel chapter 31, verses 8 through 13. The hanging was for display purposes. Oh, okay. <clears throat> that makes sense. Yeah. Well, similarly, when because uh, there's two reports of the death of Judas. One says he hung himself, mm-hmm. and the other says he threw himself over the wall. Well, I mean, he could have done both at the same time, right? Yeah. <laughs> he threw himself over the wall and hung himself. Mm-hmm. That's how he hung himself, by throwing himself over the wall. So you can't jump to conclusions that uh, th- these are contradictory stories. Okay, back to you. But what about the Amalekites report? Here lies another answer. It was just a report. Second Samuel chapter 1, verse 5. The Bible here is merely pointing a reporting a lie told by an Amalekite and the resulting judgment, Second Samuel chapter 1, verses 14 through 16. Arriving with Saul's crown and bracelet in hand and presenting them before David, the Amalekite likely expected a reward and or a possible position under the new king. However, in light of the previous chapter, it must be concluded that the Amalekite was lying in order to gain the praise of David and others. So from this Amalekite's report, we must ask, why does Saul have to repeat himself as he already told his armor bearer what he desired to be done? 1 Samuel chapter 31, verse 4. If Saul was leaning on his spear with the chariots and riders almost upon him, why didn't the Amalekite just volunteer to do the job instead of Saul having to restate it? Wasn't the situation obvious? Since the armor bearer died after Saul did, why didn't he protect Saul from the Amalekite as he was sworn to do? Why didn't the Amalekite even mention the armor bearer? Compare 1 Samuel chapter 31 verse 4 with 2 Samuel chapter 1. If the chariots and riders 
2 Samuel chapter 1, verses 6 through 10, were almost upon Saul, then they must have almost been upon the Amalekite as well. Mm -hmm. Yet the Amalekite was able to escape after allegedly killing Saul, but Saul was not able to escape before being slain. Well, here, let me just put it this way. In the heat of battle, there's all kinds of confusion, right? And <laughs> you're not standing there like, I, I'm going to be an eyewitness to this and I'm going to make a report to the police, right? <laughs> no, it doesn't happen that way. You know, you get sidetracked, you're, you're terrified, et cetera, et cetera. That's why you have conflicting reports. If it was possible for the Amalekite to escape, why didn't the armor bearer at least suggest the idea of escaping to Saul? Or why didn't the Amalekite help Saul escape? The jury is out. The Amalekite <laughs> story has more holes in it than a piece of Swiss cheese. Thus, like a police detective, we can piece together what happened. Saul, after being wounded by the Philistines, killed himself. His armor bearer also committed suicide. Then the Amalekite happened by, recognized Saul, took his crown and bracelet, and supposing to make the most of his good fortune, he then escaped from the battle and made his way to David in Ziklag and presented his story. His supposed good fortune, however, turned into his own death warrant. We must make note, or we must note that some lies are included in the biblical record. For example, Satan's lie to Eve in Genesis 3-4 is without immediate reference to its false nature, unless it is compared to the Genesis 2 account to understand the text more fully. Another example is the lie of the older prophet in 1 Kings chapter 13, verse 18. But this does not mean that the lies are truth. It is merely true that a lie was told and thus recorded. The Bible does not hide the fact that people and even angels lie. But the Bible does say that God cannot lie. Numbers chapter 23 verse 19, 1 Samuel chapter 15 verse 29, Psalms 92 15, Malachi chapter 3 verse 6, Romans chapter 3 verse 4, Titus chapter 1 verse 12, Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18, and James chapter 1 verses 17 and 18. And so while it is true that the Amalekite told the story as recorded in the Bible, it does not mean that it is necessarily the truth. It was the other evidence that we had available and detective work that there is a reasonable and truthful explanation. Saul committed suicide while he was in battle with the Philistines. Okay, so that's a good good description of the situation. And the, the next three chapters we're going to read are all about that. So let's go for it. Okay, we are in chapter 30, correct? Yes, 1 Samuel. Yeah. I'm sorry? 1 Samuel chapter 30. Yep, yep. And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and had smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burned with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captives. Then David and the people that were <clears throat> with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And David's two wives were taken captives, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And David was greatly distressed, 
for the people spake of stoning him because of the soul of all people was grieved. Every man for his sons and for his daughters. But David encouraged himself in Yahweh his God. And David said to Abiathar the priest, Ahimelech's son, I pray thee, bring me hither the ephod. And Abiathar brought the brought thither the ephod to David. And David inquired at Yahweh, saying, Shall I pursue after this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue, for thou shalt surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So David went, he and the six hundred men that were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where those that were left behind stayed. But David pursued, he and four hundred men, for two hundred abode behind, which were so faint that they could not go over the brook Besor. And they found an Egyptian in the field, and brought him to David. And he gave him bread, and he did eat, and they did make him drink water. And they gave him a piece of a cake of figs and two clusters of raisins. And when he had eaten, his spirit came again to him, for he had eaten no bread nor drunk any water three days and three nights. <clears throat> and David said unto him, To whom belongest thou, and whence art thou? And he said, I am a young man of Egypt, servant to an Amalekite, hmm. and my master left me. Because three days agone, I fell sick. We made an invasion upon the south of the Cherethites, and upon the coast which belongs to Judah, and upon the south of Caleb, and we burned Ziklag with fire. And David said to him, Canst thou bring me down to this company? And he said, Swear unto me by God that thou wilt neither kill me nor deliver me into the hands of my master, and I will bring thee down to this company." And when he had brought him down, behold, they were spread abroad upon all the earth, eating and drinking and dancing, because of all the great spoil that they had taken out of the land of the Philistines and out of the land of Judah. Hmm. And David smote them. Okay, from... hold on here, because this is interesting, because the Amalekites are uh, part of the Canaanite tribes, okay? Yes. And so I don't, I don't recall that there is much reported about the Canaanite tribes making war against each other, okay? But the Philistines are definitely not Canaanites. They are, however, Hamites. The Canaanites are descended from Canaan, who was a Hamite, <clears throat> but uh, Canaan married into the, you know, the Satanic seed line all the way down from Cain. So th that differentiates the Canaanites from the Philistines. Back to you. Okay. Uh, verse 17. And David smote them from the twilight, even unto the evening of the next day. And there escaped not a man of them, save four hundred young men, which rode upon camels and fled. And David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. And there was nothing lacking to them, neither small nor great, neither sons nor daughters, neither spoil, nor anything that they had taken to them. David recovered all. Okay, that was lucky. Okay. Yeah. And David took all the flocks and the herds, which they drave before those other cattle, and said, This is David's spoil. And David came to the two hundred men, which were so faint that they could not follow David, whom they had made also to abide at the brook Besor. And they went forth to meet David, and to meet the people that were with him. And when David came near to the people, he saluted them. Then answered all the wicked men and men of Belial, of those that went with David, and said, Because they went not with us, we will not give them aught of the spoil that we have recovered. 
save to every man his wife and his children, that they may lead them away and depart. Then said David, You shall not do so, my brethren, with that which Yahweh has given us, who has preserved us and delivered the company that came against us into our hand. For who will hearken unto you in this matter? But as his part is that goeth down to the battle, so shall be so shall his part be that tarrieth by the stuff. They shall part alike. Okay. And it was so from that day forward that he made it a statute and an ordinance for Israel unto this day. So it's quite possible, even though those 200 soldiers were too weak to go into battle, they were still stationed by uh, the, the women to protect them? Yeah. I think that's what he's saying here. Okay. And when David came to Ziklag, he sent of the spoil unto the elders of Judah, <clears throat> even to his friends, saying, Behold, a present for you of the spoil of the enemies of Yahweh. To them which were in Bethel, and to them which were in South Ramoth, and to them which were in Jatir, and to them which were in Aror, and to them which were in Sithmoth, and to them which were in Eshtimoah, and to them which were in Rachel, and to them which were in the cities of the Jeramalites, and to them which were in the cities of the Kenites. And to them which were in Horma, and to them which were in Choroshan, and to them which were in Athak, and to them which were in Hebron, and to all the places where David himself and his men were wont to hunt. Okay, or haunt. I think you said haunt. 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 Yeah. I'm sorry. Want, <laughs> want to haunt. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're haunting everywhere. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, again, there's another mention of the Kenites here. Yeah, uh, okay, a Kenite or a member of the tribe of Cain. Okay, that's the definition here. We're yeah. not not talking about metalsmiths. So the Kenites were still around at these times, folks. They were still around. Okay, yeah. chapter 31. Chapter 31. Now the Philistines fought against Israel, and the men of Israel fled from before the Philistines and fell down slain in Mount Gilboa. And the Philistines followed hard upon Saul and upon his sons. And the Philistines slew Jonathan and Abinadab and Malkishua, Saul's sons. And the battle went sore against Saul, and the archers hit him, and he was sore wounded of the archers. Then said Saul to his armor-bearer, Draw thy sword and thrust me through therewith, lest these uncircumcised come and thrust me through and abuse me. But his armor-bearer would not. For he was sore afraid. Therefore Saul took a sword and fell upon it. And when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he fell likewise upon his sword and died with him. So Saul died and his three sons and his armor bearer and all his men that same day together. And when the men of Israel that were on the other side of the valley and they that were on the other side Jordan saw that the men of Israel fled, and that Saul and his sons were dead, they forsook the cities and fled, and the Philistines came and dwelt in them. And it came to pass on the morrow, when the Philistines came to strip the slain, that they found Saul and his three sons fallen in Mount Gilboa. And they cut off his head and stripped off his armor and sent into the land of the Philistines round about to publish it in the house of their idols and among the people. And they put his armor in the house of Ashtaroth, and they fastened his body to a wall of Bethchan. 
And when the inhabitants of Jabesh-Gilead heard of that which the Philistines had done to Saul, all the valiant men arose and went all night and took the body of Saul and the bodies of his sons from the wall of Bethshan and came to Jabesh and burnt them there. And they took their bones and buried them under a tree at Jabesh and fasted seven days. Okay, so so they burnt the bodies. Yep. Uh, sounds like cremation. <laughs> mm-hmm. But only partially because, well, you really you have to have a tremendous fire to actually burn the bones. The bones of a, of a body are not that easy to burn. Okay, so... They probably left off burning where the bones were left and then buried the bones. So, But no um, no memorial for Saul. How about that? Okay. All right. Second well, Samuel. Okay. Second Samuel. Now, it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites, and David had abode two days in Ziklag, it came even to pass on the third day that, behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul, with his clothes rent, and earth upon his head. And so it was, when he came to David, that he fell to the earth and did obeyance. And David said unto him, From whence comest thou? And he said unto him, Out of the camp of Israel am I escaped. And David said unto him, How went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered, That the people are fled from the battle, and many of the people are also fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, sons are dead also. Son is dead also. And David said unto the young man that told him, How knowest thou that Saul and Jonathan, his son, be dead? And the young man that told him said, As I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear, and lo, the chariots and horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called unto me. And I answered, Here am I. And he said unto me, Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said unto me again, Stand, I pray thee, upon me, and slay me, for anguish is come upon me, because my life is yet whole in me. So I stood upon him and slew him, because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. Okay. So he is about to die anyway, but he took another uh, blow from his sword. So... You could say he died both ways, <laughs> yeah. right? But uh, the the blow from the Amalekite uh, was the final blow that did the trick. Okay. I, and I took the crown that was upon his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them hither to my Lord. Then David took hold on his clothes and rent them, and likewise all the men that were with him. And they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan his son and for the people of Yahweh, and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. And David said unto the young man that told him, Whence art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger, an Amalekite. And David said unto him, How wast thou not afraid to stretch forth thine hand to destroy Yahweh's anointed? And David called one of the young men and said, Go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. And David said unto him, Thy blood be upon thy head, for thy mouth hath testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. And David lamented with this lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan his son. 
And he bade them teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Jasher, okay. The beauty of Israel is slain upon the high places. How the mighty fallen. How are the mighty fallen? Tell it not in Gath. Publish it not in the streets of Ascalon, lest the daughters of the Philistines rejoice, lest the daughters of the uncircumcised triumph. Ye mountains of Gilboa, let there be no dew. Let there be rain upon you, nor fields of offerings. For there the shield of the mighty is vilely cast away, the shield of Saul, as though he had not been anointed with oil. From the blood of the slain, from the fat of the mighty, the bow of Jonathan turned not back, and the sword of Saul returned not empty. Saul and Jonathan were lovely and pleasant in their lives, and in their death they were not divided. They were swifter than eagles, they were stronger than lions. Ye daughters of Israel, weep over Saul, who clothed you in scarlet, with other delights, who put on ornaments of gold upon your apparel. How are the mighty fallen in the midst of the battle? O Jonathan, thou wast slain in thy high places. I am distressed for thee, my brother Jonathan. Very pleasant hast thou been unto me. Thy love to me was wonderful, passing the love of women. How are the mighty fallen and the weapons of war perished? Okay, so he mourns uh, both Jonathan and Saul. He did his best to avoid killing Saul, <laughs> right? Yes, he did. Yeah, so somebody else had to do it. Okay. All right, chapter... And it came to pass after this that David inquired of Yahweh, saying, Shall I go up unto any of the cities of Judah? And Yahweh said unto him, Go up. And David said, Whither shall I go up? And he said, Unto Hebron. So David went up thither, and his two wives also, Ahinoam the Jezreelitess, and Abigail Nabal's wife, the Carmelite. And his men that were with him did David bring up every man with his household, and they dwelt in the cities of Hebron. And the men of Judah came, and there they anointed David king over the house of Judah. And they told David, saying, that the men of Jabesh-Gilead were they that buried Saul. And David sent messengers unto the men of Jabesh-Gilead, and said unto them, Blessed be ye of Yahweh, that ye have showed this kindness unto your Lord, even unto Saul, and have buried him. And now Yahweh show kindness and truth unto you. And I also will requite you this kindness, because you have done this thing. Therefore now let your hands be strengthened and be, va- and be valiant. For your master Saul is dead. And also the house of Judah have anointed me king over them. <clears throat> but Abner, the son of Ner, captain of Saul's host, took Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanam. And made him king over Gilead, and over the Asherites, and over Jezreel, and over Ephraim, and over Benjamin, and over all Israel. Huh. <clears throat> okay. That was a potential two-king situation here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ishbosheth, Saul's son, was 40 years old when he began to reign over Israel, and reigned two years. But the house of Judah followed David. Uh-huh. And the time that David was king in Hebron over the house of Judah was seven years and six months. And Abner, the son of Ner, and the servants of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, went out from Mahanam to Gibeon. 
and Joab, the son of Zeruah, and the servants of David, went out and met together by the pool of Gibeon. And they sat down, the one on the one side of the pool and the other on the other side of the pool. And Abner said to Joab, Let the young men now arise and play before us. And Joab said, Let them arise. Then there arose and went over by number twelve of Benjamin, which pertained to Ishbosheth the son of Saul, and twelve of the servants of David. And they caught every one his fellow by the head, and thrust his sword in his fellow's side. So they fell down together. Wherefore that place was called Helkath Hazarim, which is in Gibeon. Now, now this is a really strange episode. Is this a, a, a how should I put this? Uh, dual suicide? <laughs> Where? Okay. <laughs> and what's the point of this? Is this to avert war? What's the point of this? I don't know. Maybe. Please continue. Maybe we'll find out. All right. Verse 17. And there was a very sore battle that day. <clears throat> and Abner was beaten. And the men of Israel before the servants of David. And there were three sons of Zeruah there. Joab and Abishai and Asael. And, Asa, and Asahel was as, light as, uh, was as light of foot as a wild roe. And Asahel pursued after Abner. And in going, he turned not to the right hand nor to the left from following Abner. Then Abner looked behind him and said, Art thou Asahel? And he answered, I am. And Abner turned to him. Turn thee aside to the right hand or to the left, and lay thee hold on one of the young men, and take thee his armor. But Asahel would not turn aside from following him. And Abner said again to Asahel, Turn thee aside from following me. Wherefore should I smite thee to the ground? How then should I hold up my face to Joab thy brother? Howbeit he refused to turn aside. Wherefore Abner with the hinder end of the spear smote him under the fifth rib that the spear came out behind him, <clears throat> and he fell down there and died in the same place. And it came to pass that as many as came to the place where Asahel fell, fell down and died stood still. Joab also and Abishai pursued after Abner. And the sun went down when they were come to the hill of Amma that lieth before Gaia by the way of the wilderness of Gibeon. And the children of Benjamin gathered themselves together after Abner, and became one troop, and stood on the top of a hill. Then Abner called to Joab, and said, Shall the sword devour forever? Knowest thou not that it will be bitterness in the latter end? How long shall it be then, ere thou, the bid, ere thou bid the people returning from following their brethren? And Joab said, As God lives, unless thou hast spoken, surely then in the morning the people had gone up every one from following his brother. So Joab blew a trumpet, and all the people stood still, and pursued after Israel no more. Neither fought they any more. And Abner and his men walked all that night through the plain, and passed over Jordan, and went through all Bithron, and they came to Mahanaim. And Joab returned from following Abner. And when he had gathered all the people together, there lacked of David's servants nineteen men and Asahel. And the, but the servants of David had smitten of Benjamin and of Abner's men, so that three hundred and threescore men died. And they took up Asahel and buried him in the sepulcher of his father, which was in Bethlehem. And Joab and his men went all night, and they came to Hebron at the break of day. 
So another story of civil war between the two Israelite tribes. Amazing. Yeah. Never ending. <laughs> and we there, just there were, can't. Yeah, what's that? I said we just can't get along with each other. Right, we can't. Right, a lot of jealousy uh-huh. going on here. Right, and uh, who knows what else? Right, but uh, yeah, but here the tribe of Benjamin really has uh, has had it rough. You know, in these uh, latter early chapters of the uh, you know the tri- twelve tribes settling in the land, right? Benjamin really has taken the brunt of all of this, and of course Saul was a Benjamite as well, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, bad karma for a tribe of Benjamin, but uh, ultimately uh, they they became the uh, the uh, apostles of Yahshua. So everything turns out well in the end, okay? <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. right. Okay. All right. Uh, Chapter 3. Now, there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David, but David waxed stronger and stronger, and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. And unto David were sons born in Hebron, and his first name, and his firstborn was Amnon of Ahinoam, the Jezreelitis, and his second, Chiliab of Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the, Karam, the Carmelite, and the third, Absalom, the son of Machar, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur, and the fourth, Adoniah, the son of Haggith, and the fifth, Sheftiah, the son of Abital, and the sixth, Ithrium, by Egla, David's wife. These were born to David in Hebron. And it came to pass while there was war between the house of Saul and the house of David, that Abner made himself strong for the house of Saul. And Saul had a concubine, whose name was Rizpah, the daughter of Aiah. And Ishbosheth said to Abner, Wherefore hast thou gone in unto my father's concubine? Then was Abner very wroth for the words of Ishbosheth, and said, Am I a dog's head? which against Judah do show kindness this day unto the house of Saul thy father, to his brethren, and to his friends, and have not delivered thee into the hand of David, that thou chargest me today with a fault concerning this woman? So do God to Abner, and more also, except, as Yahweh has sworn to David, even so I do to him. To translate the kingdom from the house of Saul, and to set up the throne of David over Israel, over Judah, from Dan even to Beersheba. And he could not answer Abner a word again, because he feared him. And Abner sent messengers to David on his behalf, saying, Whose is the land? Saying also, Make thy league with me, and behold, my hand shall be with thee, to bring about all Israel unto thee. And he said, Well, I will make a league with thee. But one thing I require of thee, that is, thou shalt not see my face, except thou first bring Michal, Saul's daughter, when thou comest to see my face. Hmm. And David sent messengers to Ishbosheth, Saul's son, saying, Deliver me my wife Michal, which I espoused to me for an hundred foreskins of the Philistines. <laughs> what a dowry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think Mickle is the one who mocks David later on. So this uh, maybe he, sh- he shouldn't uh, be so hard uh, to get her. Yeah. <laughs> right, back to you. Yep. And Ishbosheth sent and took her from her husband, even from Thaltiel, 
the son of Laish. And her husband went with her along, weeping behind her to Baharim. Then said Abner unto him, Go, return. And he returned. And Abner had communication with the elders of Israel, saying, You sought for David in times past to be king over you. Now then do it. For Yahweh has spoken of David, saying, By the hand of my servant David, I will save my people Israel out of the hand of the Philistines and out of the hand of all their enemies. And Abner also spake in the ears of Benjamin. And Abner went also to speak in the ears of David in Hebron, all that seemed good to Israel. And that seemed good to the whole house of Benjamin. So Abner came to David to Hebron and 20 men with him. And David made Abner and the men that were with him a feast. And Abner said unto David, I will arise and go and will gather all Israel unto my Lord, the king. They that make that they may make a league with thee and that thou mayest reign over all that thine heart desires. And David sent Abner away and he went in peace. And behold, the servants of David and Joab came from pursuing a troop and brought in a great spoil with them. But Abner was not with David in Hebron, for he had sent him away and he was gone in peace. When Joab and all the host that was with him were come, with him were come, they told Joab, saying, Abner the son of Ner came to the king, and he has sent him away, and he is gone in peace. Then Joab came to the king and said, What hast thou done? Behold, Abner came unto thee. Why is it that thou hast sent him away, and he is quite gone? Thou knowest Abner the son of Ner, that he came to deceive thee, and to know thy going out and thy coming in, and to know all that thou doest. <clears throat> And when Joab was come out from David, he sent messengers after Abner, which brought him again from the well of Syrah. But David knew it not. And when Abner was returned to Hebron, Joab took him aside in the gate to speak with him quietly. And he smote him there under the fifth rib that he died for the blood of As Asahel, his brother. <clears throat> okay. And afterward, when David heard it, he said, I and my kingdom are guiltless before Yahweh forever from the blood of Abner, the son of Ner. Let it rest on the head of Joab and on all his father's house, and let there not fail from the house of Joab one that has an issue, or that is a leper, or that leans on a staff, or that falls on the sword, or that lacks bread. So Joab and Abishai, his brother, slew Abner, because he had slain their brother Asahel <laughs> at Gibeon in the battle. Wow, lots of uh, vengeance going on here. Really? Yeah. yeah. And David said to Joab and to all the people that were with him, rend your clothes and gird you with sackcloth and mourn before Abner. And King David himself followed the bier. And they buried Abner in Hebron. And the king lifted up his voice and wept at the grave of Abner. And all the people wept. And the king lamented over Abner and said, died Abner as a fool dies. Thy hands were not bound, nor thy feet put into fetters, as a man falls before wicked men. So fellest thou, and all the people wept again over him. And when all the people came to cause David to eat meat while it was yet day, David swore, saying, So do God to me, and more also, if I taste bread or aught else till the sun be down. And all the people took notice of it, and it pleased them. As whatsoever the king did pleased all the people. 
For all the people and all Israel understood that day it was not of the king to slay Abner, the son of Ner. And the king said unto his servants, Know ye not that there is a prince and a great man fallen this day in Israel? And I am this day weak, though anointed king, and these men, the sons of Zariah, be too hard for me. The Lord shall reward the doer of evil according to his wickedness. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. uh, we could use some justice these days. All right. Yes. Okay. All right. Chapter four. Chapter four. And when Saul's son heard that Abner was dead in Hebron, his hands were feeble and all the Israelites were troubled. And Saul's son had two men that were captains of bands. The name of the one was Baana. In the name of the other, Rechab, the sons of Rimmon, a Berothite, of the children of Benjamin, for Beeroth was also reckoned to Benjamin. And the Berothites fled to Gitame, and the sojourners there until this day. And Jonathan's, Jonathan, Saul's son, had a son that was lame of his feet. He was five years old when the tidings of Saul came, and Jonathan came of Saul and Jonathan out of Jezreel. And the nurse and his nurse took him up and fled. And it came to pass, as she made haste to flee, that he fell and became lame. And his name was Mephibosheth. And the sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, Rechab, and Baana, went and came about the heat of the day to the house of Ishbosheth, who lay on a bed at noon. And they came thither <clears throat> into the midst of the house, as though they would have fetched wheat. They smote him under the fifth rib, and Rechab and Baana, his brother, escaped. For when they came into the house, he lay on his bed in his bedchamber, and they smote him and slew him and beheaded him and took his head and got them away through the plain all night. And they brought the head of Ishbosheth unto David to Hebron and said to the king, Behold, the head of Ishbosheth, the son of Saul, thine enemy, which sought thy life. And Yahweh has avenged my lord, the king, this day of Saul and of his seed. And David answered Rechab and Baana, his brother, the sons of Rimmon, the Berethite, and said unto them, As Yahweh lives, who has redeemed my soul out of all adversity? When one told me, saying, Behold, Saul is dead, thinking to have brought good tidings, I took hold of him and slew him in Ziklag, who thought that I would have given him a reward for his tidings. How much more when wicked men have slain a righteous person in his own house upon his bed? Shall I not therefore now require his blood of your hand and take you away from the earth? And David commanded his young men, and they slew them, and cut off their hands and their feet and hanged them up over the pool in Hebron. But they took the head of Ishbosheth and buried it in the sepulcher of Abner in Hebron. Okay, yeah, yeah. David would be happy. We <laughs> we cut off the head of one of his enemies, right? Oh yeah. boy. Okay. Yeah. Well, you can see that the Israelites these days were pretty much still a savage people. They were. Yeah. yeah. You know, it amazes me that if, that David was so defensive of of Saul. I mean, right. uh, really, someone who tried to kill him more than one time. That's right. Yeah, yeah. How many uh, times the uh, opportunities do you want to give him? <laughs> right? Yeah, crazy. It is really crazy. But uh, he believed that Saul was the anointed of Yahweh, and so he left him alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. 
All right, chapter 5. Then came all the tribes of Israel to David unto Hebron, and spake, saying, Behold, we are thy bone and thy flesh. Also in time past, when Saul was king over us, thou wast he that ledest out and broughtest in Israel. And Yahweh said to thee, Thou shalt feed my people Israel, and thou shalt be a captain over Israel. So all the elders of Israel came to the king to Hebron. And King David made a league with them in Hebron before Yahweh. And they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months. And in Jerusalem, he reigned 30 years over all Israel and Judah. And the king and his men went to Jerusalem unto the Jebusites, the inhabitants of the land, which spake unto David, saying, Except thou take away the blind and the lame, thou shalt not come in hither, thinking, David cannot come in hither. Nevertheless, David took the stronghold of Zion. The same is the city of David. And David said on that day, Whosoever goeth up to the gutter and smiteth the Jebusites and the lame and the blind that are hated of David's soul, he shall be chief and captain. Wherefore they said, The blind and the lame shall not come into the house. So David dwelt in the fort and called it the city of David. And David built round about from Milo and inward. And David went on and grew great. And Yahweh, God of hosts, was with him. And Hiram, king of Tyre, sent messengers to David and cedar trees and carpenters and masons. And they built David a house. And David perceived that Yahweh had established him king over Israel and that he had exalted his kingdom for his people Israel's sake. And David took him more concubines and wives out of Jerusalem after he was come from Hebron. And there were yet sons and daughters born to David. And these be the names of those that were born unto him in Jerusalem, Shamua and Shobab and Nathan and Solomon, Ibhar also, Elishua and Nepheg and Japheah and Elishama and Eliada and Eliphalet. But when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all the Philistines came up to seek David. And David heard of it and went down to the hold. The Philistines also came and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And David inquired of Yahweh, saying, Shall I go up to the Philistines? Wilt thou deliver them into my hand? And Yahweh said unto David, Go up, for I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into thine hand. And David came to baal Perizim, and David smote them there, and said, Yahweh had broken forth, Yahweh had broken forth upon mine enemies before me, as the breach of waters. Therefore he called the name of that place Baal-perizim. And they left their images. There they left their images, and David his, and his men burned them. And the Philistines came up yet again and spread themselves in the valley of Rephaim. And when David inquired of Yahweh, he said, Thou shalt not go up, but fetch a compass behind them, and come upon them over against the mulberry trees. And let it be... When thou hearest the sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees, that thou shalt bestir thyself, for then shall Yahweh go out before thee to smite the host of the Philistines. And David did so, as Yahweh had commanded him, and smote the Philistines from Geba until thou come to Gazer. 
Okay. All right. So we have about six minutes left. Uh, I think we can squeeze in uh, chapter six. Okay. Again, David gathered together all the chosen men of Israel, 30,000. And David arose and went with all the people that were with him from Baal to Judah to bring up from thence the ark of God, whose name is called by the name of Yahweh of hosts that dwelleth between the cherubims. And they set the ark of God upon a new cart and brought it out of the house of Abinadab that was in Gibeah. And Uzzah and Ahio, the sons of Abinadab, drave the new cart. And they brought it out of the house of Abinadab, which was at Gibeah, accompanying the ark of God. And Ahio went before the ark. And David and all the house of Israel played before Yahweh on all manner of instruments made of fir wood, even on harps and on psalteries and on timbrels and on cornets and on cymbals. And then they came to Nacon's threshing floor. Uzzah put forth his hand to the ark of God and took hold of it, for the oxen shook it. And the anger of Yahweh was kindled against Uzzah, and God smote him there for his error. And there he died by the ark of God. And David was displeased because Yahweh had made a breach upon Uzzah. And he called upon he called the name of the place Perizuzah to this day. And David was afraid of Yahweh that day and said, How shall the ark of Yahweh come to me? So David would not remove the ark of Yahweh unto him into the city of David. But David carried it aside into the house of Obededom, the Gittite. And the ark of Yahweh continued in the house of Obededom, the Gittite, three months. And Yahweh blessed Obededom and all his household. And it was told King David, saying, Yahweh has blessed the house of Obededom and all that pertaineth unto him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obededom into the city of David with gladness. And it was so that when they bear it was, and it was so that when they that bear the ark of Yahweh had gone six paces, he sacrificed oxen and fatlings. And David danced before Yahweh with all his might, and David was girded with a linen ephod. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of Yahweh with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. And as the ark of Yahweh came into the city, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before Yahweh, and she despised him in her heart. Look at that. They, <laughs> what a lousy dancer. <laughs> <laughs> strange that she would be, be displeased, by, displeased by his dancing. Very strange. Okay. Well, you had said this earlier. This was yes. the one who mocked him. Or That's right. Yeah. There she is. Okay. Verse 17, and they brought in the ark of Yahweh and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before Yahweh. And as soon as David had made an end of offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of Yahweh of hosts. And he dealt among the, all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to every one a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh, and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, every one to his house. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of 
the handmaids of his servants as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. (laughs) You don't talk like that to the king. (laughs) Not like she was a little jealous. Uh, uh, Yeah, or or just, uh, you know, maybe too much full of herself or something. She was a daughter of Saul, so she may have had some, you know, ill feelings toward David. Yeah, could be. Yeah. And David said unto Michal, It was before Yahweh, which chose me before thy father and before all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of Yahweh over Israel. Therefore will I play before Yahweh. And I will yet be more vile than thus. (laughs) (laughs) Here, I'll give you something to talk about. (laughs) All right. And will be base in my own sight. And of the maidservants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I be had in honor. There you go. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no child unto the day of her death. Uh-huh. So. Yeah. So, uh, did any of Saul's uh, offspring survive? I don't think so. I don't I think, think so either. Yeah, yeah. His, house, his house was cursed because of all the evil he had done to, well, especially what he hired uh, Doeg, the Edomite to kill the priests. That was a really horrible episode. Okay. All right. Well, uh, we're almost done. Uh, we can probably finish this uh, chapter. Uh, we got a minute left, and we okay. got we just started on chapter seven. Oh, okay. I'm, I don't think we're going to be able to finish this one. All right. Okay. So let's end here, and we'll pick it up uh, chapter seven again next week. All right? All right. Sounds okay. good. See All right, then. folks. Thanks for listening. Uh, strange, strange stuff. In both books of the first and second Samuel. Thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh. Take care. Take care. All right. right, Bye-bye.